All right. Uh, both game sevens in the book is not the experts coming for you, coming uh, at you with the post game. Uh, what am I thinking of? Post game coverage here. Reaction. After, yeah, that. <laughs> not the experts react to the game seven. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> After a molly whopping from the Celtics, 101, 77 bucks, and the Mavericks. 123 to 90 over the Suns. Didn't we already talk about last week? We were going to do a uh, a scale, of the tears of yes, a Molly yes, Walker. Yeah, 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 we de- yeah, we definitely got to get that into the works so we, we can do. define we both these matchups because they were both right. god awful. At least, at least Celtics Bucks gave us a good half, right? Yeah, like they <laughs> they at least contributed yeah. for like a half. You thought it was going to be a good game. <laughs> so speaking of. Bucks and Celtics. This is how we will kick off our discussion on that with our favorite news segment. Yes. What are the magic words? Got eight. So, Urban Magic Johnson with the magic words. It was a total team effort by the Boston Celtics tonight. Williams was the star of the game with 27 points and six rebounds, and five guys ended in double figures. Tatum with 23 points, Brown with 19 points, Pritchard with 14 points, and Smart with 11 points, exclamation point. Thank you, Magic, for summing up that awesome performance by the Boston Celtics. What are your thoughts, Titus? Uh, I don't think I can sum the game up any better than that. No. I don't think I can. I think that's about the best summary anybody can give for this basketball game, man. Uh, yeah. You, you see exactly what happened. Um, He didn't specify what Williams gave him 27 points. That would be Grant thing. Williams. Yeah, Williams. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would yeah. be Grant Williams. So we do need to clarify that. It was not Robert Williams. He was not. He did not play today. He is still yes. nursing his injury. Uh, so let's clarify that much. Um, Yeah. That's that's exactly what happened in the game. Five guys had double figures and Grant Williams had 27 points. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. That's – basketball <laughs> I, I thought it was perfect because i really have no takes for this game to be honest my only one take is if chris middleton was in the series um i think the bucks definitely would have won the series and it really showed for the first time in the chris middleton was a huge miss for the bucks in that mm-hmm. second half because um right they pretty much had they figured out Giannis in the second half um Giannis was able to do what he wanted to in the first but second half came around, they were good at slowing him down, neutralizing him. And after that, all you had to do is take away Drew Holiday. And they did a pretty decent job I mean, at that as well. So the Bucks became lost for words on the offense, really. Do you have do you have to take away Drew Holiday or is Drew Holiday just living his own offensive bubble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, but yeah, you I know you're saying. Have to I know neutralize saying, him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have they don't have that secondary scoring. Like they don't have anybody that can stop the bleeding if Giannis is if Giannis off. And I think Giannis was gassed. Like he had to put up 40 mm-hmm. points back to back games. He has had a 40 and 20, and they lost by double digits. Like I think he was just done. Yeah. And like he was he was pinned. And the guy's breaking every three he had. Like he had six assists in the first quarter. Yeah. And he could have had probably probably if it's like 15 if anyone made a three mm-hmm. like literally anyone literally like they went four for 33 and that's not gonna get it done man that's not get it done um and what do you think about the bucks top, defensive oh go ahead well i was gonna say on top of that they were really starting to miss him on defense as well that became evident yes. because uh boston yes. even though the defense really wasn't that bad by the bucks 
Boston hit almost 23s or around mm-hmm. there. Um, they were shooting lights out. So not having Middleton there to help guard Jason Tatum um, and some of those other guys, it was um, pretty bad. And you know who else they really miss on that end? Who's that? P.J. Tucker. Yes, yes, yeah. Should have went to the tax. Mm-hmm. Don't be cheap. Well, I guess they are in the tax, but don't be cheap. You're already in the tax. Just go further in debt. That's how you got it. You, you got out of debt by going into more debt. That's like, you know, 101. Everybody knows that. You know? Right. Like, I mean, yeah. the billionaires, you know, maybe they should have cut down on their daily cup of coffee, you know, yeah. should have made it at home. And then they could have had the money to afford Chris Middleton because I mean, to afford P.J. Tucker, because, you know, that that money saved could have equaled some Chris, some P.J. Tucker money. All they had to but do yeah. was download the Truebill app. That's it. See all their yeah. expenses. That is it. Exactly. Um, what did you think about the Bucks? What do you think about the Bucks' defensive strategy of just like, we're going to give up these threes? Like, I understand they didn't want to get killed by Tatum and Brown. So they kind of were like, you just like never letting the role players kill them. But like, I don't know, at a certain point, this feels like that's a, that's a strategy that when it works, it's cool because the three is like the most difficult shot to hit, right? At the same time, you are giving up way too many guys that can stop the bleeding. I don't like that. I don't like that strategy ever, really, when you're playing yeah. a good shooting team. Um, especially right. in playoff scenarios. I don't like ever starting starting out with that strategy because you're pretty much allowing those players to get warm-up shots. I mean, if you're going to give them the yeah. three, then fine. They'll, they'll miss um, a bunch probably at the beginning, but you're just giving them more attempts uh, for the ball to eventually go in and for them to find a rhythm. If you're going to come out second half and make that adjustment and just let somebody, you know, let a team beat you by threes, I'm okay with that, but never start off the game with it. And then – I got confused in the second half, really. I didn't know if they were just intentionally still letting up threes or if they were just so tired and they were getting lost on their defense. Yeah, because I know that – I mean, everyone said the Bucks' strategy all year is basically we will let you shoot threes. That's why they're a good regular season defensive team because they just kind of give up those those three-point shots. But, man, you just got to have some adjustments in there at some point, right? Because, I mean, Grant Williams take 18 threes is cool. Like, I know you kind of want to force that. But once they – once like I said, once those guys start hitting, man, you got to switch it up. Yeah, because once role players get rolling at home in a playoff game, it it can get dark. Yeah, especially at in a ball at Boston. Um, it's not the Garden anymore, is it? What is it? Is it the TD? TD yeah, it's garden? like the TD Ameritrade Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you could, you don't want that to happen, you know. And I feel like they just play into the hands too much. And then, like you said, this unable to get anything going offensively with Giannis being done. Like, like I said earlier, man, Giannis, they basically asked Giannis to put up forty and twenty three games in a row, and that's just not feasible. <laughs> yeah, and even if he did, they might still would have lost. That's the crazy part. Yeah. No guarantee they would have won if he did that today. You know, uh, but congrats to Boston, man. It feels like this is their best moment to get it done. It feels like they kind of have to get it done now. Um, so getting that second round is a big deal. Getting to the conference finals is a big deal because it does show that the Tatum and Brown pairing can work for something, right? Like you see that this can mm-hmm. work. Um, they have the pieces that that they have the coaching. Um, Emei Doka is clearly built the trust up in that locker room yes um my biggest gripe with this game was that third quarter stretch where it was like a foul every time someone dribbled the ball yes it was oh, yeah god the the officiating sucks and it was only did you notice it was on like campus gerald calling everything no i didn't i didn't even know my man's had did. every foul i'm gonna see your picture gerald I'm gonna see your was picture. bro when you text me i'm gonna see your picture <laughs> of him and then you'll understand you'll know exactly why you'll you'll, you'll recognize it let me see this. He probably screen. looks like a cop. He kind of does, honestly. You know what he looks like? He looks like the cop that, like, the cop that, like, kind of used to be 
used to be active and now he's like in the he's like running the he's like in the, has a desk job he knows all the corrupt stuff and he he like makes sure all the paperwork gets lost that's what he looks yeah. like now yeah okay. all the administrative paperwork just disappears so he's moved up as commissioner he's a dirty exactly yeah exactly yeah the body cams be off he ah. knows how to make sure the body cam footage is off yeah he's got a little um uh a kill switch at his desk for all the yes. body cams yes yes yeah. yeah i know i said i'm waiting for this to load this dude looks like the guy who always wanted to be a cop but can never pass, um, you know, the police force training. So he ended up just being like a, uh, yeah, a clerk at the cop station and just tells everybody he's a cop. My other take is kind of twofold, and that is if the MVP was a, you know, postseason award as well as a regular season award, give it the honest for all those people who are like throwing the whole postseason performances on MVP Thanks. awards. and. Thanks. Along with that, Giannis being MVP, I think the most impressive thing out of this whole series is how it took all the way till the second half of game seven to make it noticeable that Chris Middleton wasn't there. Because right. we talked about the experts. Everyone talked about the series as if Chris Middleton was there. Nobody acknowledged the fact that the Bucks are missing their main number two guy in these playoffs. And so that's what's crazy. And yeah, nobody really factored was, that into their analysis, but I heard. Nah, I agree with that. Like, it was, you know, the Bucks were getting through without him, but no one was really paying attention to, like, it's one of those things, Matt. Well, I say it all the time, bro. Things don't matter until they matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It mattered, man. Yeah. It mattered a lot. That second half, it mattered a lot because they said nobody that could just go, all right, let me give you a bucket real quick. And Middleton, like, so you saw the Celtics fans. Celtics fans are terrified of Chris Middleton because he just kills them. He puts up his career stuff against them. So they, they are terrified of Chris Middleton, you know, so – yeah, man, missing him, it meant a lot for the Bucks in this series. Um, in, the, in that when it mattered, like I said, when it mattered, man. Um, because that that Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton thing was not getting it done. Nope. Nope. The West Matthews thing. Um, and what's crazy is I feel like defensively, I really do feel like they did an amazing job on Tatum and Brown, you know. Oh, they were um, just hitting tough shots. Yeah, yeah. They were making they made them work, man. I feel like they did a great job on them. It's just that strategy sacrificed way too much in this situation. Especially when you don't have the you don't have the firepower to match it. You know, you have nothing to come back to come back on it with. And they yep. just got out of hand. It got dark. So hey, Celtics heat, man. Celtics heat. We won't go into that next. Uh I right. guess we can move on. Do you have any other takes you wanna give before we nah. move on to Dallas Phoenix? Now nah, let's get Dallas Phoenix. Let's, let's All right. go ahead and get to this this slaughter. So we're going to start out this conversation with a few stats, Titus. And oh boy, stats, stats, stats. Stat number one from Stat News. Chris Paul is the first player ever to blow five two zero leads in a best of seven series. Do you think this is a little bit of a stretch on just dunking on Chris Paul? Or do you think that he deserves this criticism? Because I thought it was a little bit of a stretch, but I'm like, it's still pretty bad, though. Yeah, I kind of feel like the 2-0 lead, I feel like we don't call 2-0 leads blown that much, right? Yeah. Like teams, the 2-0 lead isn't looked at like that, you know? Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not too big on it. It just it just looks bad in the whole Chris Paul picture. In, in the Chris Paul of it all, it looks nasty, but it does, it does kind of feel like a stretch. But Lord yeah. have mercy, man. That was abysmal, <laughs> dreadful performance. This is just the, um, the, the cherry on top of the, uh, I don't know, Chris Paul garbage playoff milkshake. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, right, right. Like, I feel like people had Doc, Doc Rivers is gone. So people need someone else to call blown leads since Doc is yeah. gone. We didn't get, we didn't get the blown lead Doc this series since they just lost. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people had this pivot to Chris, you know. But no, nah, man, this was a, this is a bad way to go out, bro. This is this is nasty work. Speaking of blowing leads or elimination games, look, a lot of people's arguments who had Dallas going into this game said, hey, Luca doesn't lose, which you couldn't say Luca doesn't lose elimination games because you yeah, know, like, he, he Luka for doesn't sure lose does. elimination games. It's that Luca doesn't go out like a B in uh, elimination <laughs> games. At least he's still going to get his. So Luka Doncic in elimination games so far out of the four in his career, he had 39-9 tonight. He's at 46-7-14, He's averaging 38.3 points per game in these elimination games, which is the highest in NBA history. Luka Magic. Uh, oh, also Luka scored. He had 27 points in the first half, which is also what the Suns total was for the first half as well. Bro. Luka that Magic. Dude, that dude is just, he's like that, bro. Like Luka is 100% that. And there's yeah. no like arguing or disputing. Like he is, he is that dude. I think the problem has been with him, right? Is he has taken on too much of an offensive load. You know, mm-hmm. he does try to do too much at times. Like these score, these toes are great, but like you can see he all he used to gas himself out because he was doing too much. Yep. You know, this game he yep. got it, but he didn't kill himself doing it because everybody he trusts everybody and they were on fire. I yep. gotta give credit. I didn't expect to do this this season, but I had to give Jason Kidd credit. Yes, dude. Wow. I mean, that's that's he, one guy we could maybe argue got snubbed for coach. Even, of course, like Monty Williams deserves it. But was Jason Kidd even in discussion for coach of the I'm year? I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. That's I'm really not. Yeah. His he, performance has been overlooked. More than anything, like, you know, the XO stuff, I don't, I'm not going to like I'm an XO expert. But like more than anything, he's, what I see him do consistently is challenge Luca in a way that Rick Carlisle couldn't. He will publicly be like, yeah, Luca's got to stop doing that. Or we need yeah. better from him on defense. You know, you can't get away with that. Or like, stop. He needs to stop playing to the ref so much. Like, he will publicly, and I'm sure he does in private too. Like, he will he will call Luca out, and Luca yeah. hasn't had that, and Luca's responded to it very well. Yeah, you know, like he he's pulled the best out of Luke. He's made that team play defense. Which I didn't think was possible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pulled a, a solid defensive team out of that group. Man, he's done an amazing job. I think you heard it this week. They're saying Luke. He told Luca, "Just give us two more seconds on offense. We can get something done." We can help you, you know, you, you're going so fast. Like, just give it two more seconds. And he's been, ever since he said that, he's been doing it. And look what happened. <laughs> so speaking of um, his supporting cast, Luca had 39. Dinwiddie dropped 30 points tonight. I believe yeah. Brunson had 24. And Is Dinwiddie 20- trying to get his contract deconverted from crypto? Better yeah. real money? <laughs> yeah. Is that why he did this? <laughs> well, what's funny, too, is if you look at Spencer Dinwiddie's performance, like of this whole season and playoffs on a chart, it looks like a crypto chart, stock chart. It's just up and down. Stock keeps moving every day drastically. You never know what you're going to get right. from Spencer Dinwiddie, but he was able to contribute 30 points. Brunson contributed, I believe, 24, and 22 of those mm-hmm. points were in the second half. So, Luca, I mean, you pretty much got to sit. Yeah, Luca the took the second half off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Luca took, um, Luca, I don't think he played a minute. Yeah, he didn't play a minute in the fourth quarter, I don't believe. I don't think he played yeah. a single second in the fourth. That was crazy, man. Um, yeah, I think what stood out to me was that it was in the middle of the third. I think or maybe close to the fourth. And there was not a single Suns player in double digits. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, that that's gonna move me. Thank you, oh, Titus. Okay. Thank you for that segue. I'm sure you probably saw this tweet. It's, oh, it's did it get deleted? Around. Do up. Did it get deleted? Because I tried to pull it up and it wouldn't show up. Oh, really? Let me see. Yeah, because okay. I don't know if it, maybe it was my Twitter was acting crazy. 
because somebody might have fat checked it and Zach Lowe might have had to uh, delete it. So anyway, Zach Lowe hits up Stats Williams on a tweet and he says, tell me if a team's five starters have ever scored exactly one, two, three, four, and five points in an NBA half. Chris Paul had one point, Devin Booker had two points, Aiton had three points, Mikael Bridges had four points, and Jameson J. Crowder had five points. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And then Zach Lowe comes back about a half hour later with an update on the tweet. He says that is actually not the first time it's ever happened, but it's the first time it's happened since November 29th, 1999. It was the Warriors against the Jazz, and the top five starters were Tony Farmer, Anton Jameson, Mookie Blaylock, Donald Foyle, and Tim Legler. Bro, thanks. That is a fantastic list of subpar <laughs> players, bro. Fantastic. <laughs> like, we all know the names, and we all know they were right. just role players. They they had a role, and they could do it, but that's about it. The Warriors went through a lot of dark days. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> like, honestly, I mean, I'm not fully aware of 1999 basketball, but I can't imagine that was a killer lineup. That just doesn't sound like it should be, it should be a starting lineup anywhere. We have, to, we have to deep dive further into this, because now I have to go to basketball reference, because I need to see this direct game. So is the tweet not? Is it's the tweet still up. Yeah, it's still up. It is still it's up. Still okay. up. Yeah, it just wouldn't pull up. It's like I get. I, I still got world notifications on, and it wouldn't pull up. And I didn't know Donald Foyle was playing in the league in 1999. I thought he got drafted right. in like the early 2000s. <laughs> right. Weird. They lost to the Jazz 115 to 99 in this game. Oh, so it wasn't a trouncing. Nah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Slide up. Good gracious. Ooh. Yeah, Antoine James had zero points after the first quarter, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> so he Ooh. stepped up in the second in the second. He did. <laughs> uh that team finished 19 and 63. So oh. Yeah, this was the lineup. Yeah, yeah. that was <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Good All gracious. Right. I'm gonna move on in this presentation. I'm really trying yes. to get to uh the great videos, but I can't remember it because Titus, I do have some videos for us to enjoy. Ooh, videos um, i'm excited yeah they're kind of at your expense i'm sorry i had everything to do everything you do with that my expense you never yeah if they do yeah that. i'm sorry i'm sorry i had to do it though but you're the one who texts me about it we'll get to that um oh yeah i put in some funny <laughs> tweets did you see this tweet nba central big, tweeted oh <laughs> back in 2021 at the beginning of the season chris paul says he's addicted to playing in the nba finals quote now that I've got a taste of what the experience is like, I'm sort of addicted. I can't read the name. It's blocked out. But uh, somebody retweeted it and said, congratulations to Chris Paul for beating his addiction. There have been great tweets, bro. Great tweets. I mean, it's when like, I got on Twitter yeah, okay. and at halftime, uh, top five PGs and point God were both trending <laughs> right up under each other. <laughs> great and I mean, chris bro his the name wasn't even trending just those two phrases were trending bro the fact that like oh, the fact that twitter is never better than when there's a blowout in the nba yes like yes. a playoff blowout in the nba of, a, of yes. a team that's supposed to be winning makes twitter the best night yeah because everybody's goes crazy especially but i mean these storylines though are the cherry on the top the yes. chris paul the troll of every year of chris paul um, you know, because there's a big divide amongst NBA fans. Is Chris Paul an elite point guard or not? Um, but And then you also have the uh, Booker-Luka uh, Doncic rivalry um, right, going right, on right. with that, which, um, yeah, it, 
Bullock man, um, he went out sad, bro. This that's bad. That's an that ugly way bad. to go. <laughs> that's an ugly way to go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a like you you talk too much, bro, and you played too too like uh that was a, that was a nasty way to go yeah. out at home. Yeah, I just knew he was gonna be like the reason the thing with this team, man, is that Booker last year, the question was like, oh, Booker had been in the playoffs. How's he gonna act? And he acted like he's been there his whole career. Mm-hmm. And then this season, it's like this year to go out like that in your first game seven, bro. Yeah. Nah, nah that's nasty. And to me, I feel like it's kind of similar to both of them, but the Suns lost series. Like this was the ultimate front runner series. Mm-hmm. Cause no game was close. Whoever got the lead was, was the team that won basically. Yeah. And I'm thinking about the Suns entire run. The two series they lost were the only series they were really challenged. Mm-hmm. Like from from last year to this year, right? The Buck series, they got challenged, they lost that in six. This series, they got challenged, they lost it in seven. Every other series, they kind of ran through everybody. Yeah. You know, it really wasn't a fight. And I think even with the Clippers, right? The reputation with the Clippers were they were a front-running team when Chris Paul mm-hmm. was there. Yeah. So I think something about his play style, because he, they, there's, it's such a slow play style, so methodical, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. when things go left, they can't – it's hard to get it back because – we have to stay in our offense. We got to keep doing this. Then you get, then you're down 15 Then you're down 23, you know, like it doesn't lend itself to a comeback. Chris Paul's play style is, Hey, keep us in the game all the way until the fourth quarter. And I'll be able to get us over the top. And Chris it's Paul did it again tonight. I mean, if you look at the stat line, it's he scored all his points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the, it's like the Patriots Super Bowl stuff, right? Yeah. Like just keep the game close fourth quarter. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, it's really what it's like. You know, because Patriots never had a blowout in Super Bowl. Every Super Bowl was close, and they pulled them out mostly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really that. So I really think on that. Is that play style the problem for when games go out and get out of hand, they can't get them back? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like um, any team in college football who runs the triple option, bro. We know that's not a comeback team. If they're down by three, (laughs) four touchdowns, it's going to take them a whole game to come back from that. So it's really hard to whittle down deficits. So, yeah, uh, Chris Paul – triple option uh point guard maybe maybe that's what he is we can work with that maybe. yeah maybe. yeah maybe he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely the run for he's definitely the run first team with the media quarterback it's like oh we got to throw the ball now yeah chris paul ryan Tannehill. i'm gonna start calling chris paul reggie ball oh my god reggie yeah. ball didn't run the triple option oh i thought he did i thought he was one of nah, the reggie first ball had calvin Reggie had, oh, Calvin. Reggie, was, Reggie had Calvin. He yeah, he was yeah, active. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Reggie Ball is like the only QB I know out of Georgia Tech, bro. He's like the no, last I one making an impression on me. Oh, for, <laughs> sure. for sure, for sure, for yeah. sure, for sure, for sure. He is the last one. Yeah. I was going to think about – I was going to think about – there was a tweet with somebody like, God, instead of going therapy, God's just name off random players from back in the day. Somebody <laughs> sent it to me. And somebody sent it to me. <laughs> and I was like – and I was like – I said, him back. I said, the Reggie Ball Yellow Jackets was a different thing. Bro, <laughs> you know how – I laughed at that because that is so accurate, bro. Like, oh, hundred percent accurate. Whenever I'm riding down the road and I'm just in my own thoughts and I'm in not, I'm not in the best of moods. I just start thinking about um, early two thousands, nineties Braves baseball players, and I start <laughs> thinking about <laughs> early two thousands basketball players as well. <laughs> yeah, when me and Josh used to do the weekly show back in our back in our, our first rendition of Not the Experts. Uh-huh. Um, we every we would just name a random college quarterback. That's how we started oh, every really? show. We would just name a random a random college QB, <laughs> like a random obscure college QB. Not anybody great, just like anybody. 
like, like yeah. Greg Paul. We just go out with Greg Paul. Start with a Greg Paulus conversation. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so much fun. Like, it's just fun to go down the wheelhouse of random quarterback. There's nothing like the random college football quarterback. Because there's so no. many of them. Oh, yeah. It's so good. So good. Logan Thomas was the quarterback. Bro. Never forget. No, yeah, I'll never forget that. And I'll, I'll never forget the day he was drafted, bro, because he still got drafted in front of A.J. McCarron. I was so mad. Yeah, I'll plug in my really laptop. All right. Pause the recording. Oh, no, no, it'll be quick. It'll be quick. Charges right there. Oh, okay, bit, bit, bit. All right, next meme. Oh, yes. uh, this is the one you sent me. Yes. Uh, yeah, Yo. this is how long Chris Paul been choking. <laughs> Um, <laughs> graphics have come a long way, dog. Bro, they have really come so have. far. Yeah, and you know what's amazing is that I'll never forget when I got my first video game console, which was the PlayStation yes. Two, and the mm-hmm. PlayStation Two that just came out. Um, and I remember hooking it up, my dad hooking it up, and I think we were playing MLB baseball, uh, like the show or yeah. something. And uh, I just remember him going, Oh my god, wow, these graphics are amazing. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget yes, that. Yes, I remember yeah. that right <laughs> yeah. those same days. And I'm looking back like, wow, this was awesome back then. Yeah. That's insanity. Uh yeah. yo, I gotta say, I do want to say a 2K Chris Paul. This is a, this is an aside on the jokes. 2K Chris Paul used to be my nightmare. Oh yeah, yeah. Like 2K, I want to say it was like 2K12. Mm-hmm. I, I still remember it. I think it was 2K12. At like a final series against them. And it went to seven games. Like, mm. It was just awful. It took me seven games to figure out what to do. I was like, oh, mm. I'll just post him up every time. And he can't do mm-hmm. anything. So I started posting. And ever since 2K12, I just posted a principal. <laughs> <I> was <terrified. laughs> it was awful. It was awful. I won that final series, by the way. On a, oh, on a last minute. On, yeah, on a steal with 30 seconds left. You got to steal with 30 seconds left. Close the game uh, out. Nice. Which, I guess fits Chris Paul's entire career. But yeah, it does. It yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what year was Chris remember. Paul drafted? Oh, seven? Oh, eight? 2007? I think it was earlier than that. No, it might be 2006. I was about to pull out like. Wait, no. Was, was him and Dwight in the same draft class? I want to say it was like 2004. <laughs> no, nah, 2004 was. LeBron, wasn't it? No, 2000, yeah. 2005. 2005, okay. Yeah, him, right. was him and Dwight in the same draft class? That's what I'm trying to remember. Who? Him and Dwight Howard. I don't believe. Are they a year apart? No, no, I don't They're think they were. They're a year apart. Oh, no, yeah. Dwight was 07. Dwight was 07, I think. I'm bugging. Yeah, yeah, No, it Dwight couldn't have been 07. There's only three active players in the NBA from the class of uh, 2005, and that's Chris Paul, Lou Williams, and C.J. Miles. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't know CJ Miles uh, has been in the league that long. But right. part of the reason why I threw this tweet in here um, is because looking at this image of 2005, Chris Paul, I had a revolu- revelation, Titus. Uh, I was 04. I was 04. My bad. Oh, okay. 04. Yeah, LeBron was 03. I be, I'm tripping. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had to I'm get gonna... that out of my head. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> it was stressing me. <laughs> In this uh, revelation and epiphany that I had, I actually want to take a different lane from the rest. Um, instead of jumping on Chris Paul and bra- and blaming him for being yes. ringless and blowing all these playoff yes. series, I actually want to come to his defense. And I want to say this okay. isn't Chris Paul's fault while he's ringless. Oh. Uh, the sole responsibility lies in the hands of 
my team, my organization, the Atlanta Hawks, because it was destined to be Titus. If Chris Paul and the Hawks were together, they would have gotten rings. And so it's God punishing, um, you know, the Hawks for and Chris Paul, really, because they were supposed Mm. to be together and they didn't make it happen. So I would like to propose the theory that if uh, Chris Paul, even though his contract goes till 2025, I wouldn't be mad at the Hawks making a move for Chris Paul. Yeah. Would it be crazy to do that and give up assets for Chris Paul and for that contract? Yeah, it would be crazy. But I'm here for crazy now, Titus. I'm I'm here to throw the kitchen sink out the window. Are you, yeah. Are you proposing a trade young for Chris Paul? No, 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 no. I'm not oh, proposing a trade because um, as we know, if there is one go- point guard who has proven he can play with a, another ball dominant player, it is Chris Paul with James Harden in the Houston Rockets. So Chris Paul knows how to step in and play with a point guard who is ball dominant. And I mean, he's aging, so it might help him out a little bit. So you want two sub six, three guards on your team at the same time. Occasionally, occasionally. <laughs> they don't have to always be on the court together. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah. Okay. And those okay. are two huge defensive rel- uh, liabilities there. So very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, so I have a counter theory to okay. the Chris Paul ringless argument. Like, I love your theory, but I do mm-hmm. want to present the counter theory okay. that he who consistently hits people in the nuts mm. shan't not become champion. Mm. That's my counter. That's my counter theory. I like that. I like that. I didn't know yeah. that was a thing until maybe you sent it to me or I saw mm-hmm. a tweet on Twitter about that. It was like, uh, yeah. did you send that to me? I might have. He's been doing okay. it since college. Yeah, somebody was like, um, I think somebody tweeted during halftime that Mavericks better get their nuts ready or something like that because Chris Paul's <laughs> coming out swinging. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, like he's been doing it since college. It's I didn't like know that. A yearly, yeah, it's like a yearly event. Yeah, he didn't do that when he was at Wake Forest. I forget his oh, name. Yeah. Okay. C- clean one. Yeah. <laughs> Julius Hodges. I think it was Julius Hodges. Yeah. Okay. He's been doing it since then. It's insane. All right. Well, I'm a, I'm a uh, move that's on. That's my counter theory. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's your counter. Theory? That's my counter theory. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, I can't remember. Oh, here we go. Here we go. You ready? You ready yeah, for this yeah. Titus? All Talk right. To Talk to me. Here's Titus's take from last week that has not been released for uh, public records. And the only reason why I'm bringing this back Titus is because I had to go listen to it after you text me about this early. Anyways, let's just go, go on with it. Hey, yo. The Suns still kind of have a chance in this game while they've yeah. played terribly, which says, which says a lot to me about where they are as a franchise, the Suns, as organizations. Like, they are not afraid. They are not worried. You know, like, they got that they got that want contender to be a title contender because a lot of teams, that game would have gotten out of hand for a lot yeah. of teams, but didn't get out of hand. It really never got fully out of hand for them until the very end. Like, they always felt like they had a shot to win. I remember even halftime, I'm like, why is Dallas only up 12 and shoot like 40% for three? And the Suns yeah. look like they're playing terribly. Like, why does it still feel like they have a chance to win this game, you know? And that's what stuck out to me. But, like, the Suns, the Suns thing is, like, we'll keep it closed, fourth quarter, we're taking over, you're out of here. You know, it's kind of things seems like what they do. Um, now, if Dallas figures something out, it's highly possible because Luca, Luca was fine not having the ball in his hands a lot. You know, he was fine, like, letting those guys get going a little earlier. And, and distribute it. And that that change that does change. I never the series a little bit, but I gotta edge Phoenix still in this series. I feel like Phoenix has too much. I find that way too much. 
Yeah, so um, you pretty much reiterated what we talked about earlier about how uh, Phoenix says, uh, hey, keep it close to the fourth quarter, and usually they prevail. It got cut out a little bit at the beginning. I don't know. I did find it funny that you mentioned, uh, kind of said the Suns have more character than Dallas does. So that's why you pretty much uh, believe in them for the rest of the series. Oh, yeah, I trusted them. I trust yeah. them for sure because I don't I don't like teams that don't shoot at on the road. I just don't like teams that don't bring shooting with them on the road. Yeah. They they annoy me. But then Phoenix, uh, uh, Dallas decided, hey, you know what? Dallas fans, it's not that far apart. We could probably still shoot. Like the it's I feel like to my touch rim is like, guys, it's the, it's just the basketball rim. It's not different. Yeah. It's not different. And then suddenly everybody's like, what? It's like they made a discovery and now hit all the threes. Every three. Yeah. Every three presented. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to go back. Let me find the text. Maybe I can't find it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You you text me. But I asked you if, text. You the, if, you pick, if you pick the Mavericks. Yeah. You said who you got for real, though. Yeah. I said between Suns and Mavs. I'm sticking with my Mavs pick. And you said, when did you pick them? And I said, in the pod. I said, well, I said, really, I think they can pull it off. And then you called me out for hedging. And I said, you're the one who asked me. <laughs> You did, you did. Yo, I didn't remember. I got bro. I barely. I don't remember what I be saying. Yeah. I know. I'll be remembering for one, and then secondly, you, you was, you a pit, you a take spin master. So like, you might not. I'd be having to check with you because you might not have made the pick. But then you'll be like, yeah, I picked them three weeks ago. But then I changed my mind the week before after that, and yeah. then I'd be forgetting where every gets blended in my head. So I'd be having to double check you. Yeah, you you a you a take master, you a spin master like me. No, in in my in my skill set on my on my ratings, my overall my two K or Madden, uh, my back pedaling <laughs> skills are crazy. Like ninety nine. Oh, you got a nine? Yeah, you a ninety nine. <laughs> you a ninety nine on back pedal. I appreciate I'll be, I'll be that. Yeah, but I we'll go into the next video. It's short, but mm-hmm. uh, up your spicy a little bit. I actually think Dallas will pull this off. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the one it. I gotta go. So I had to clip this, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, really... I'm gonna turn that into a meme or a gift, no, that's definitely bro. a meme. Really? That's gotta be a meme. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked, man. I did not think they could, I did not think Dallas could win two games back to back. Yeah. I really um, did not think they could do that. I, I believe they could. The, mainly it was the playing on the road thing that was big for me. Yeah. But what you had just mentioned um earlier saying, hey, if Mavericks have pretty much figured out to play with Luca not having to have the ball the whole time or Luca playing right. off ball. Um, then yeah, they have a great chance of winning this. Bronson and did when he stepped up tonight and did what they had to. But um, yeah, I just think in the edge, bro, even though I love how the narrative flipped to in these playoffs when it especially between like the book and Luca conversation, because Book ended up finishing fourth in MVP, and he was yeah. like one outside name or the one guard that has been touted uh, talking about MVP. Nobody really talked about uh, Doncic, which I don't even know his season numbers. I don't even know if there's much of a case to for him Don't to even talk be about in that conversation. Now, you know, you see how it's all swapped now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that was kind of crazy. The, and the playoff, I just always believed he's the better player. So Doncic could step up in these clutch situations compared to Book. Yeah, the playoff retrospective be annoying me. The the hindsight post playoff run. Oh, maybe maybe you should have been in the MVP running. How about that? Like I hate it so much. It did gets on my nerves. But I gotta give yeah. it to book because book care book did when Chris Paul went down. Book did keep the Suns afloat. You know what I'm saying without mm-hmm. him. So I do think that lends credence to like him why he was up there because they finished first again. Um, Paul was out for some time. 
they didn't miss a beat with Booker running the show. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think that's why Book got the vote. Why did Lil Wayne tweet this? Yeah. Um. So this is apparently what uh, John Morant's tweet was about. You know, I'd send it to you or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's been trending. I forgot I even I even had this in there. I was just going to the end of the presentation. I but yeah, yeah I Lil saw Wayne. Wayne ho. I saw Wayne on the sideline. I'm like, why is Lil Wayne in Phoenix? Who he? Who's he? Cheer for in Phoenix. I guess he's a Phoenix fan. I guess. I mean, he's a Green Bay Packers fan, so he could be anything. Yeah. I mean, you think he'd be a Pelicans fan, but. Yeah, I don't think he might be like he might be the I don't cheer for my home team guy, which I understand. It's just is this where Drake know. got it from, right? No, he was wasn't he with the no? Wasn't he trying to support? He trying to go to the Heat games at one point when they had the big three. Who Luca or Drake? No, I mean, Wayne. Lil Wayne. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think he was there. He was there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember it was the thing because he got kicked out of the OK. They had him in the OKC arena some one time. See, oh, he really? was on the list. <laughs> yeah, he it became a big internet thing. Huh. Oh, but then he had a thing with Chris Bosh. To he had a thing with Chris Bosch. Oh, like an incident or something. Yeah, he was like, yeah. Maybe after that, he was like, he was like, uh, he claimed he did something with Chris Bosch's wife at one point. Oh, before before Chris and Wayne were before Chris and his wife were married. I think mm. he did do that one at one point. I see. I might have to go look that up. Um, yeah, it was. A I have a time. question for you. Talk to me. So. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this question and then let me follow it because you're probably going to think this is a really stupid question and I kind of think it is. But anyways, <laughs> what does this victory and this series win do for Luca's legacy? And I only want to pose that question because I had that same question posed to me about John ja Morant. Somebody asked me if John ja Morant, you know, if the Grizzlies pull this off against the Warriors, what does this do for John ja Morant's legacy? And I was kind of dumbfounded. I didn't have much of an answer. And then I started getting accused of being a, a jaw hater. And I was like, well, I really don't get the question because we're going to let like we're going to factor in one playoff series, you know, to be a, right. Uh, so, right. you know, to be a dot on the resume of a legacy. <laughs> no, I don't I don't get that. But it seems pretty even to me now because definitely on in the books on paper, this is an undermatched team against the Suns. Um, this is Luca putting a team on his back and being young doing it. Um, would you say this? Does this add to anything for Luca and his legacy? This, this to me is similar to the 07 LeBron being the Pistons. Yeah, getting past like, the Pistons. Yeah, I don't think it's exactly that, but I think it's on that level. Mm-hmm. Close to that. That's the closest comparison I have because this is a team that just went to the finals year before, a team that just um um it's been a that's been the staple in the west the last couple of years you know mm-hmm. this had a longer run at the top but he killed the number he killed the number one seat on the road with a great performance you know like he kills the mind it feels it reminded me of that it gives me that feel with a rock like you said with the overmatched roster like i mm-hmm. think they have some pieces that fit pretty well but it's not that roster shouldn't have won that they, they shouldn't have won this series they yeah no business winning the series um especially after those first two games of it it's like okay they're done you know mm-hmm. You see those first two games of this series, it does feel like they should have, they had no shot in it. Um, the mm-hmm. legacy thing is so interesting to me because I think we're of a similar vein. Like, I think we're too, people are too obsessed trying to make legacies out of like guys Small. who've been lead for four years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, these guys haven't been here long enough to just talk about that, have legacy talk. You know, that was my, that was my argument. That 
Yeah. My my counter and my my example and my counter argument was okay. Well, what what did you know Trey Young beating the 76ers do for his <laughs> legacy last year? I mean, everybody's right. calling him a bum right. this year. Um. So yeah, how can you even you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like everybody's on the on wants to everybody wants to like be a part of saying they're like call something first now. Yeah. And like act like everything is historic. And it's like just let things play out a little bit. I think mm-hmm. this is good for Luca because this is like like I said, this is his fourth elimination game. Mm-hmm. And he's lost the other ones. And this one he closed out. He finally mm-hmm. yeah, they got that full close out he needed. Cause he ain't got the he ain't got the first round. This first of the first round. I mean, he ran to the Clippers back to back years, but you know. Yeah, they played them tough. But they they beat them ultimately. This first time out of the first round, he gets to the conference finals. I think that's a big that's a big deal to add to like for the people that are still kind of Luka detractors, which I do get to an extent because his game does get frustrating at times mm-hmm. um, to watch when he's just doing the James Harden. I have the ball all the time. I'm just going to do everything. It does get frustrating to watch. Yeah. Um, but I think this adds to this. Like, okay, so you, you there you are now. You're here. Yeah. You know, like you're you're really this is like kind of the last barrier he needed. To mm-hmm. just finally kind of kill some more of that noise, because they they got house money, bro. They ain't gotta win. They gotta win the series. Yeah, they didn't have to beat the Warriors. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, <laughs> now, if, <laughs> they're good. Now, if we're talking about um, Luca winning the finals and the Mavs winning the finals, or even just make getting to the finals right. and making it interesting, now that's where right. I'm willing that's to story. start putting things down on legacy. Yeah. Because if he wins it, I mean, that's where we can start going. Oh, that's the first team to do it without multiple superstars. Uh, you in know, a minute, yeah, in a while, yeah. Well, since um, Toronto, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can definitely make the argument Toronto had a better supporting cast. Um, right, Toronto Kawhi, will do it perfectly. They just need Dallas. Kawhi. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah. They just need a Kawhi. They just need a Kawhi. Yeah, <laughs> literally. And the good thing about <laughs> Dallas as well, uh, I started thinking about this when it became. I'm pretty much when I woke up and it was very evident that the Mavs were going to win this. I started Man. thinking because as a Hawks fan, I just started thinking this: Are they peaking too early? Are they going to make a the same mm. mistake the Hawks mm-hmm. did? And then I thought, no, you know what? They got Mark Cuban as an owner. He's not going to get fooled by this. Um, he knows there's going to be some improvements to be made. Does that mean Dallas is going to land any players they want to really land? No, but at least they're going to know they can't. <laughs> He's gonna, he'll, he'll burn it down trying. Yes. Mark will yeah. burn it down trying. <laughs> For sure. Yes. He's proven that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's this does add this does make me wonder if hey, can they finally get us get somebody in there? Because like mm-hmm. you said, Mark's been trying to get people in there for years and it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. can they finally actually pull it off? Yeah. Um. You know, that's 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 the big thing. Yeah. The big picture here is very very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. really, the final so, piece I would say for them is if they can pretty much keep that whole cast together, they're gonna have to re-sign Brunson, and he's gonna want a good amount of money, which he deserves it. Um, right. But they're gonna need somebody as a four or five, like a very a pretty strong four or five. And that's where I made the argument when we were talking about Trey versus Luca. That's where you can throw somebody in like Capella and be like, okay, you know what? That takes them over the top a little bit. Exactly. Is that for Trey Young? Does exactly. Capella do that for Trey Young? No, but it does that for a Luca right. and his Mavs cast. Truthfully, Rudy would be perfect there. Yeah. But that's a lot I of just money. Don't know. Right. I don't know. This is the money, and I don't know how much death I'm willing to I'm willing to trade off to get that. Yeah. To get Rudy, like, I'd much rather try and go after Capella if I'm them. Yeah, off season, and that's a much better move. I'm with you on that. Yeah, that's exactly what that's exactly how I feel. They need just that strong center defensive presence to anchor, really anchor the paint. Yeah, you know? well, I talking mean, DeAndre, about DeAndre Aiden might be available. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm mean, yeah. Uh, I think Aiden's going to get moved because um. Did you hear yeah, the Monty Williams? Do what? 
Did you hear the Monty Williams uh, thing tonight? No. What did he say? Oh, I had that pulled up. Give me one second. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let me open this tweet up. While, while you're pulling that up, I want to tease you for tease you with something. I think I, I solved a awesome. problem for um, the Grizzlies. It was a fun hypothetical. It was a fun hypothetical um, scenario we were discussing, uh, me and the homeboy Brax. Um, and I know it's a little bit of a ridiculous scenario or question, but it was just fun to dive into it. As we saw the Grizzlies just wax the Warriors without Ja Morant and everybody's pondering, yeah. oh, are the Grizzlies actually better without Ja? Should they, could they even think about trading Ja? So we just went down that road of, hey, if we were, if they were to trade Ja, what would make the most sense and what would um, make and what could actually feasibly happen uh, on both mm-hmm. sides, dude? Trading Ja Morant for Damian Lillard? Nah. You don't like it? No, I don't. I don't. Ooh, One, wow. I'm not sure. Seeing the knowing the abdominal issue that Dame that's plagued Dame for about a year now. Mm-hmm. He said happened that they, he had it before. Well, that's finally gotten too bad for him to deal with because he had it for years. He's finally had surgery on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm kind of worried if Dame's and his build, I'm not worried Dame's body might be breaking down. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get the best, like the Dame Lillard of old anymore. That's true. That's true. That. That's my one question. That's my one curious thing with Dame. Yeah. That, um, I don't know if he's, his body's going to be there like that anymore, sadly. That That's true. I didn't think about that. Um, my more logic scenario and kind of how the conversation mm-hmm. got brought up, because I posed, um, I started really thinking, I think the best comparison to John Morant besides Damian Lillard um, is Russell Westbrook, one of these free, um, you know, athlete point guards, but somebody who really demands the ball, like for them Mm -hmm. to be their best, they have to have the ball in their hands. So I started thinking, is that, I mean, that's great on an individual level, but on a team level, does that get to be more of a detriment? Because you got to think too, like if you've got your point guard holding the ball most of the time, you're not getting your other teammates involved. So like the Grizzlies shoot right. way better when Jaw isn't on the floor. And that's because the ball is constantly getting spread around and guys are getting their shots up and they're creating that rhythm. So um, I don't know. I think that's been kind of fun to think about too, because there may be a I little think, bit of truth to that. Yeah. I think for one thing, but I think the difference is those guys actually fully enjoy, like Jaw makes them feel involved. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Those yeah. guys don't get frustrated with it which I think makes it makes a big difference there. Yeah. The one issue with Jaw that makes them such a different team is the d- defensive aspect of it. Yeah. That's the one thing. Now, yeah. shout out to Amina Hassan for destroying, for like pointing out who they beat without Jaw this year. And it being like yeah. a bunch of scrubs and the Bucks and the next one time. Except for that. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to just gloss over that 72 point victory against the Thunder, though, even though it is the Thunder. Is it, though? That is, that's still really impressive. That's in my I mean, book. In my book. It is impressive. Cool. It is impressive for sure. For sure, it is impressive. But yeah. no, I think they, they do play like two different teams because, like you said, like they're very reliant. They're just, they're, they're really content ball watching offensively yeah. when Jaws there. And to mm-hmm. me, I think part of that goes back to coaching as well. Yeah. That's like true. it's like you're coaching two different teams. Like coach these guys to move. I think I want to see Ja get better off ball because, like you said, these guys, these heel centric guys, these heel centric offensive guys, man. Like the non off ball movement. If you're not 37 like LeBron, I need to see you moving with moving off the ball. Yeah. Or if your body's not 37 like James Harden, I need to see you moving off the ball. Yeah, and you know, what I'm really, saying? And I think that's the big issue there. 
I think what really needs to get broken up, which I don't know what their contracts look like and all that, but I do not like, I like them individually as players, Mm -hmm. but giving me Desmond Bain as my two and Dylan Brooks as my three, when just looking at them on the court, you rip their numbers off. I I can't tell half the time who's (laughs) who because they both play the same way. They're both practically (laughs) the same size. Um, So it's practically like having the same person playing, uh, you know, two different roles for your team. So I think is a call. Bain is a call shooter though. Bain's a cold yeah, shooter, though. He is, he's but a um, he's a sharpshooter. But like with all sharpshooters, uh, you're going to get your nights where they're not Thanks. shooting anything at all. Yeah. 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 I think he did pretty well. I saw a stat on him early. It was pretty good for Bain. It was, he, 2017 minutes oh. ago. Ah, ah. All right. Is that money? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess we get back on time. We can get back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Monty Williams. Uh, DeAndre Ayton gone. He was asked about DeAndre Ayton. Um, why he only played 17 minutes today and played 17 minutes ago. And so he didn't play most of the fourth quarter. Is there any reason why is he hurt or it's internal? A very direct, it's internal. And That's then an awkward silence. Yeah. yeah. So maybe he felt like Aiden's already mentally somewhere else. That is, that is, sounds like a wrap on that yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to give Moda Kill his credit because Moda Kill said on uh, the Athletic Podcast Basketball Buzz last week, he asked the question, would you pay DeAndre Ayton? And he's like, I would not. I would not pay him. Mm. And it, it, it drew disagreements because he was like, nah, Ayton's putting up, you know, solid numbers on both ends of the court. Um, and he's like, but he's making no impact on the game. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hmm, it's an interesting question. Yeah. And then after the day, I'm like, ooh, oh, oh. Ooh. yeah and the questions with him have always been kind of like he's not just he's not really he didn't have the real killer like you know i'm just gonna be the i'm just gonna be the biggest person on the court and go get something you know what i'm saying he doesn't have that that's not who he is as a person yeah and it's cool but it's like can you make that one of your cornerstones of your franchise if that's not yeah. the mentality that's the I mean, question i agree with that I, there were even though last year during the playoffs, though, he really did show flashes of the potential that that killer is. Exactly. And exactly. while he probably consistently doesn't contribute in making a big impact on these games, there are games where Aiden has like made huge right. impacts. Um, right. It's just, are you going to get that consistently? So, right. um, and, if you, and if you're not getting the consistency, do you max it? Because exactly. truthfully, now, Andrew Wiggins was like that with Minnesota, bro. It wasn't consistent. They paid him thinking it would get consistent and it didn't. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, I got to kind of think too, though, um, is that more Aiton's fault or the coaching staff's fault? Because I may be wrong on this, but if we're just looking at how the offense is operated from last year to this year, and maybe they kind of even changed over this season, uh, Aiton was a lot more involved. There's a lot more like screen and rolls called for him. It didn't um, feel like that, right? Yeah, and now it looks like uh, they didn't scheme up anything for Aiden this year, or especially in these yeah. playoffs. It was really just yeah, hey, they were get down on the block and get over. Yeah, there were a few games where that was a question from him, like yo, Aiden. I feel like Aiden's not involved a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like get the ball to him more. I do. I do wonder. Wonder about that's why. Things, but like, I would be totally another, okay with him coming yeah. to Atlanta, and I think he would perform better in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I'm desperate here. I'll take anybody, but um, except said, Donovan Mitchell, but um. If uh, yeah, I think if you're getting Aiden involved 
earlier on or consistently and making him that cornerstone of the offense, I think that translates over to defense too. Because when you're performing yeah. well offensively, you're naturally going to want to play better defensively too. It's the real struggle of the big man, right? It's like mm-hmm. you have, they want you to anchor the defense, then they might have passed you the ball. You have to stay engaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just have to stay engaged all game, man, because you don't know when your opportunity's coming, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's the forever paradox there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the Suns do going forward. I don't feel like they should do anything. Dra- I know this was like a really embarrassing way to go out, but I don't feel like they need to do anything drastic. Do you? No, except for, um, I mean, what is it with Aiden this year? He's still on his rookie contract, right? Does it end this yeah, year or is it the option? This is it. Yeah. This No, he's a restricted free agent this year. Okay. Yeah. Not and I know sure, he wants yeah. the max. And the Suns yeah. have been pretty um, adamant all year on Aiden's not getting the max. Exactly. So that's why the trade scenarios or proposals have been uh, high. Um, when I think the difference was Aiden. last year they wanted to do four years and he wanted five. I think that was the big that's right. difference. Yeah. 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 So, like, we'll see what changes this offseason, you know. I mean, similar we'll, to the John Collins thing with Atlanta, with John Collins in Atlanta when they were going through that. The other yeah, year. yeah. About his contract. Um, it kind of reminds me of that. I think the Suns actually do need to make some – all right, so I got the picture of it. My blah, blah, blah. Let's see. So, Mikhail Bridges – Landry Shamit, they're signed through 2026. Chris Paul is signed through 2025. Devin Booker is signed through 2024. The free agents yeah. are uh, Aiton, JaVale, Holiday, Peyton, and Biombo. So Aiton's gone. Um, McGee's probably gone. I don't know, unless you want to keep us back up. Um, I don't expect Biombo getting re- – I don't expect them, any of them – really coming back. I mean, those aren't any names that really stick out besides Aiton, of course. Something's got to be Crowder? done. Crowder's not Crowder. on here. Crowder's not on this list. Okay. This was just a graphic from uh, TNT that they yeah. showed during yeah, the Yeah, I think uh, those role players – yeah, I think those role players are kind of interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, those type of guys are kind of interchangeable, so I don't think they lose too much there. If they Definitely want to keep go, Bridges. Yeah, for sure. I thought Bridges yeah. was on. They signed, I thought Bridges he was on. He signed through 2026. I'm saying, like, oh, that's man. one yeah, guy. Yeah. I'm okay oh, with him extending. You. Yeah, then, through and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I Keeping got you. him in the long term. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually do think I would bring Benjamin McGee. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. hard hustle yeah. dude, man. I would bring him back. I mm-hmm. think – I do think getting some more – I don't know, maybe getting strong on the wings. Like, I think they could use, like, a Reggie Bullock. Hey, um, yeah. Or Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith is one of the best contracts in basketball. That dude. Yeah, that was getting underpaid. You know, I think somebody like that would be a great help to them. Um, but I feel like they have every, they have the pieces you would want. You know, as a yeah. team build, they have the pieces you would want. I don't think I'm saying they don't have to do anything drastic. I don't think you can build on the Chris Paul thing, the Chris Paul and Devin Booker thing. The pairing, there is something there with that pairing, and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about, I think it's about the mentality and keeping it, keeping the mentality right keeping bodies right um, more than anything else for them. I don't see anything drastic for them to do. Personally, okay. But yeah. Yeah. I think small I, I changes, I just think increment, you... small incremental changes would help for sure. Yeah. I, but I, I'm thinking in terms of like the core, like contributors, I don't think they do anything drastic with those guys. Well, you're going to have to replace Aiden with somebody good because I mean, matter of fact is. Uh, Capella coming. Do what? Capella oh, coming. Capella, it, see, is he a restricted <laughs> free agent? Is Aiden a restricted free agent? Like, what? He's, why is he's, it? He's, they can match. They can match any offer. They can match any offer he gets. 
Okay, so why are people like putting these trade scenarios out there? Sign a trade. A sign and trade. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, um, yeah. that would be Capella. Because I was in Capella and Collins both going over there. Mm-hmm. Um, different things like that. Which if it was those two alone, then that would be pretty good yeah, yeah. for the Suns. But um, next year, like the West is just going to get stronger. Though the we think Kawhi and PG are going to be back, so the Clippers will be back to themselves. Um, and the some Nuggets will be healthy. Nuggets will be healthy exactly. Um, so yeah, you're going to have to do something. Yeah, I do so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You yeah. can't say you really can't stand Pat. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I just had a thought that I said earlier. Um, the Suns, you know, were kind of called flukes for making the title last year. That's how they run last year because of all the injuries yeah. they played against. Yeah. Um, and they might maybe they might do have, need to blow it up. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm getting rid of Chris Paul, bro. I'm getting rid of Chris Paul because is he going to make the improvement net? Improvement next year, bro, at 38 years old. I mean, what are we doing with that? He so, won't turn 38 till the playoffs. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, still 38 in the playoffs when we need him to step up. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I say just I think, that, I think the evolution, honestly, I think, deal. I think the evolution honestly revolves around um, Devin Booker improving his game as a playmaker mm-hmm. and learning how to maneuver out of like double teams, traps, stuff like that. I think yeah. that. Is the next evolution because Devin takes another step as a playmaker, as a scorer, mm-hmm. all around. All right, it's all around player. I think that I think their their level goes up another another spot. But like I said, bro, the West is gonna be tough. It's really gonna be matchup based, man. Yeah. These playoffs because of the way parity has become a thing in this league, which I have a conflicting relationship with. Um, it does seem like the matchups you get are going to matter way more. It used to be talent because it's overwhelming. It'd be a bad matchup, yeah. your talent's gonna overwhelm. And now it just feels like so much closer on the margins because there's so many good players in the league that like it's going to be cl- a closer fight for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything's going to be a fight. Seating's going to matter more than anything. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah. So yeah, blow it up, blow it up Phoenix. Um, <laughs> also, I don't know how high his ceiling that's is. Paul, he- that's Chris Paul to Atlanta take is terrible. I just have to say it. So I don't think <laughs> it is. I think it's, it's like, that's a terrible oh, Thank take. you for being that's honest horrendous. with me. Thank you. I uh, thank welcome. you for at least giving a me Chris that. Paul Trey Young backcourt. It sounds like the worst thing in sports. I'm told, I told you, bro, I'm desperate. Oh, like, my logic has flown out the window, bro. You want everything and, except Donovan Mitchell. Exactly. <laughs> and now I'm starting to get hung up on, am I being too harsh on Donovan Mitchell? Should I just be okay with us getting Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> but um, I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell works, but it doesn't work because – the defense. I don't trust on defense. defense. Who is and playing the, defense? And they're right. so those are two like dudes who get so erratic when like times get tough, bro. Like Ideas. both Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell just seem to short circuit and they just do crazy stuff. Um, so yeah, I can just see yes. them trading possessions yes. and turnovers. And I love Donovan. I love Donovan. I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Donovan's fine with the with the point guard that drew. I think Donovan's fine playing off ball and just focus on getting buckets. But like, I don't I don't want to see those two together. You know, the best fit for Donovan Mitchell is unfortunately, the and Knicks. if you want the who, the Knicks. Oh, maybe yeah. If he wants the green light, kind of offensively to go do what he wants. Truthfully, I don't even think New York want to win a championship. They just want to be happy. Yeah, and he can make them happy yeah. consistently. Yeah. <laughs> He could. No, that's a great point. Mine was going to be, and just because it's been trending, he expresses interest in the Hawks and the Heat. And I was like, well, if he wants to improve defensively, he can go to the Heat. He doesn't have a choice. He doesn't have a choice. Exactly. Exactly. 
So that's definitely improve or get out scenario. Will Duncan Robinson see the court in the conference finals? Well, here's another theory in that. I think Spo is doing as one of, uh, you know, his evil genius type things where he's pulling, you know, he's like, oh, Duncan's just the the X-Factor. Yeah. yeah, or he's yeah. he's got one in the bag, one up the sleeve, you know, and it's Duncan Robinson. So they'll throw Duncan in at one of these points. He'll go off and be like, oh, my I love God. that. I just remember I haven't figured every time I see Duncan Robinson struggle. I just think back to the bubble finals when he, he was scared to shoot for like the first couple games. Mm-hmm. And the report with Eric Spoelstra literally yelled, yelled at him, shoot the effing ball. Yeah. Yeah. Like Spoelstra literally yelled that at him. It was just yeah. like, oh, I don't know what to do with Duncan. Yeah. It's no. sad though. I do feel sad for Duncan Robinson. You know, I'd be empathizing for people who be struggling with confidence. Yeah. No, I and sad I, for him, honestly. I really do. I'm glad you're the person on the show who feels sad. If somebody's got to, so I'm glad yeah. you stepped up to the plate yeah. to take yeah, that role because I don't yeah. feel sad for him. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> um, well, I know we, we kind of bounce around randomly, but where we go, where, where we need to go to, we got some structure back. See I was going to ask this proper. Is our, uh, our, are not the experts Luca correspondent? Is he up? <laughs> is, and, Let me and see. I, I sent him the link and he, he read it and didn't answer the phone. I'm about to call him. Um, Let me see. Did you have anything else? I think so. I think I'm good. Um, did you see that video of Boone Hose falling on the, like laying on the, <laughs> on the court today? Uh, no. <laughs> that was great. It was huh. after one of those, one during when the foul quarter happened and it was just a foul on everything. Mm-hmm. It was one of those like, Boonhoser, he first he he dropped to his knee. He like did the you know the coach thing where they fall to their they fall to their knees and grab the head. Then he just laid yeah. on the court. He was done. That's awesome. He, he was finished. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I do have one more thing. It's um just parting stats, I guess, between the Mavs and Suns. Yes. And TNT oh had this, so I took a picture of it. The Mavericks victory was the second largest road win in Game Seven history. It is tied for fifth largest win in Game 7 history, but the one I thought was most intriguing, Doncic and Dinwiddie are the first teammates with 30-plus points in Game 7 since Shaq and Kobe in 2002. Really? Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. I'm surprised LeBron and Kyrie didn't do it. I don't think Kyrie ever – didn't it seem like um, – no. no they, had that, they had like that Game they were, 5 that both went for 40? Oh, game five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't. Yeah, game I thought, seven. I thought, I yeah. thought, I thought in game seven. No, I guess nobody, nobody probably even hit 30 points in game seven because that game was ugly. Yeah. I think it was quietly disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Kyrie got high 20s. Uh, he was like, yeah, I think that's right. something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right, actually. Just for, just for funsies at this point. Oh, so uh, let's, can we end up with this? Yes. And your Draymond Green had the game high in game seven, by the way. I'm sorry. Well, how, how many do you have? 32. Oh wow! I forgot yeah. Draymond can score like that. It was it, he forgot to. It was literally yeah. like the best. It was like the best game he's ever had. He was so locked in that game seven, and then just he had no help. Oh like, yeah, Draymond didn't have offense help. It was nasty. Okay, yeah, yeah Ky- Kyrie and LeBron finished with 27, 20, uh, 26, 27 respectively, respectively. Oh okay. Yeah, so, so the Cavs only scored fifty points that night. Nah, they got twelve from J.R. Smith, bro. Oh oh oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> in your personal record book, Titus, is Chris mm-hmm. Paul a top five point guard? Probably. Because I go off my generation more than anything. And like, you remember, I think he's the best pure point guard of my generation. 
You think so? What yeah. yeah, I know that you've I, been I mean, that since day yeah. one, and you've been yeah. on that since day one. Yeah, like of our generation, I can't think of any point guard we've been Chris. I mean, except for maybe Steph. Wait. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to find the. Um, uh, it's because wait, are you talking about just our? And it, are you making your personal top five just off of your lifetime? Well, I'm putting the guys that I see in my lifetime. I try and put them on the list. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, I know ain't on the list. Who? Bob Cousy. Oh yeah, yeah. And Bob Cousy didn't even make uh, Mad Dog's top five either. He was just the honorable oh, mention. That's right. Yeah, oh, he's, just, find... he's not above Bob Cousy. He's yeah, not above Bob Cousy. That's right. Chris, yeah, Chris yeah. Paul made an honorable mention too. So they're both on the. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, Oli. Yeah. Let me find Mad Dog's <laughs> top five real quick. Uh, all right, so number five, Steph Curry. Number four, this is the craziest one to me. Yeah, Jason Kidd at number four above Steph Curry. Number three, Isaiah Thomas. Number oh, wow. two, Oscar Robertson. Number one, Magic Johnson. Um, it wasn't a bad top five list. It really wasn't it's a bad It's not a bad top five, five honestly. It's not yeah. a bad top five. I'm not mad. Um, and knowing who Chris I'll Russo respect. is, he's going to have his people in, you know, his generation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All respect to the big O, the triple double got king. But um, if you play for a three point line existed, you don't make my list. No. I just, Was Oscar I, Robertson? I don't, I don't care about that era. Yeah. Yeah. Sixty one to seventy four is his career. I don't like the Jason Kidd one. I don't like that that much either. You know who I, I, I replaced Jason, Jason, Jason Kidd with? Who's that? The the ultimate controversial point guard, I think Steve Nash. I throw Steve Nash in there. Mm, you have Steve Nash though. Yes, Steve Nash. Yes, Steve Nash with Curry. Um, no, I mean I'm okay with putting Curry at four and slide yeah. Steve Nash yeah. at five. Um, yeah. What do you What do you think about Steve the and Chris Paul kind of got a similar team. thing? But they don't win championships. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And they're both in Phoenix, not choking. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Hmm. Hmm. No Stockton on your list? See, I'd probably like slide. Uh, <laughs> exactly, bro. I mean, if I'm just doing my personal top five where I don't have to like put yeah. much merit behind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't have to write a paper to persuade somebody of why they're right. the top five. Yeah, I'm putting Stockton in there. And just because okay. I would use the whole all-time leading assist. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's a point guard's number one responsibility. So It is, it is. And it has to be said, like, as much as they failed and lost, he and Carmelo never missed the playoffs when they played together. Like, yeah. ever. Yeah. They made playoffs every single year, which is pretty insane. It's also and they didn't have a supporting cast. But that's another story. Yeah. yeah. It was just um, them. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm just trying to name five right now. Magic, for sure. Because mm-hmm. I just, I'm, just the magic stories, I got to go with Magic. Magic is there. Steph Curry is there. That's an auto bid. Steph Curry. Um, Stockton might be there for me. Isaiah Thomas is there for sure. That's four. Stockton's off. I got to think again. I'm looking up. I'm going to have, have Chris above. I'm going to have Chris up there, not Stockton. Okay. That's that's four. So you want to hear Stephen A's? Magic, Steph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I need more ideas. Stephen A pretty much has the same list as um, 
Mad Dog does, but he's got him in a different order and he replaced Jason Kidd with Chris Paul. So it's number one, Magic, number okay. two, Steph Curry, number three, Oscar Robertson, number four, Isaiah Thomas, number five, Chris Paul. Okay, so Oscar, actually, Oscar Robertson's off the list. So yeah, I, I'm going Magic, I'm going Steph, I'm going Paul. This is in order. I'm going Paul. I'll take Kid. Fine. I mean, apparently Kid's top five point guard. I don't. I mean, well, I don't remember. What's the deal with Kid? What watch- makes him a top five? Like over Steve mm-hmm. Nash. That's he what was, I don't get. He was. He was great in the early. He was. I mean, he was great with those Nets teams in the early two thousands when basketball was yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Yo, that early two thousand era is disgusting era of basketball. Yeah. That basketball was just nasty. Yeah. It was just nasty basketball, and I hate it. And I'm glad people are trying to glorify it because it was it was sick work. Uh, huh. What's up? You, you I just sounds Chris Paul stats. No, I typed I mean, in Jason stats. I typed in Jason Kidd versus Steve Nash. The first thing yeah. that pulled up, I did not know this. On December seventh in two thousand six, Steve Nash and Jason Kidd balled out in one of the greatest point guard duels of all time. Have you heard about this? Oh, I have Do you, not. You want to hear what the final score was? Talk to me. One hundred and sixty-one to one hundred and fifty-seven. What? Yeah, bro. This sounds like a great game. SPP here, <laughs> and I'm running this show. The Utah Jazz got smacked. Sorry. Oh, I don't good. know Stat Muse. I don't know Stat Muse. It started yelling at me. The Stat Muse app, I don't like Stat Muse. You got to stop having your apps yelling at me because I don't like it. It'd be, it'd be stressing me <laughs> out. Yeah, whenever we get done with this, I'm about to go watch on YouTube the uh, House of Highlights 11 minute highlight of uh, <laughs> Steve Nash versus Jason Kidd. Right. Yeah. Right. How about tomorrow we both roll out each of our top five point guards too? We'll have our I'm good with that. Oh, yes, yeah. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. So it's you still edit this part completely out. Just remove it. Are you gonna keep our stumbling fumbling around? I uh, I'll keep a little bit of this in for the okay, teaser. Yeah, yeah to let okay, everybody yeah, works. So, that works. Yeah. yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Of course, go at NTE Podcast on our Instagram where our link tree is to go find all of our socials. I think we still have a store up. So if you want to go buy something from the store, you can do that. Sorry about the shipping handling. It's expensive. Um, I'll cut that. That's not a good salesperson. Cut that. Anyways, <laughs> make sure to tune in uh, for us tomorrow, too, as we both give our top five point guard list all time. Yes. And we talk about the losers and the match matchups for the rest of the playoffs. And the, you want me to end the show like a Magic Johnson suite? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Do we have an updated Magic Johnson tweet? tweet from, Let me see. Yeah, I think I from, think OG is asleep. Come on, man. See. He's on the West Coast. What's he doing sleeping? He's like sixty. Oh, 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 oh. We do have an update. Yes, yes, yes. One hour ago, congratulations to Luka Doncic, all Dallas Mavericks players, Coach Jason Kidd, the entire coaching staff, and Mark Cuban for a deep performance over the Phoenix Suns to advance to the Western Conference Finals. That's first tweet. Second tweet. Superstar Luka Doncic came to play tonight, leading the Mavericks with 35 points and 10 rebounds. Spencer Dinwiddie added 30 points off the bench. What are the magic words? He's got AIDS.